desire is the starting point of all achievement. Now, I want to read the definition real quick. Um, one of my mentors, a great friend of mine, he said there's two different types of people in the world. There's people that read the dictionary, and then there's people that don't. And the reason why I got so, so obsessed with the idea of really looking up the definition of words is when I understood the power of words, right? They said that life and death is in the power of the tongue. They said that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, which means the genesis to any situation in your life is going to start with a word. So what mm -hmm. I have to understand is that at the end of the day, if I am lazy with my language, the only world that I can create is on a set of words that I'm unaware of. So that's when I became very religious in a sense about figuring out the definition of words. And, and what I want to read to you uh, is that definition of desire, man. And if people are taking notes, I want you to take a note on this. This is very, very important. So if desire is the starting point of all achievement, it says that desire is defined as a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. Now watch this. What I love about these words are there are some synonyms to it. Impulse, preference. What I like to see is yearning, craving. Now check this out. There's a lot of people that want certain things in their life, but they have not cultivated a desire for it. What do I mean by that? The only way I could have gotten to where I am right now is not through a want, right? You don't get what you want out of life. You get what you picture. Well, why is that statement so important? Because one of the synonyms is craving. Craving is a powerful desire for something. Watch this. One of my favorite things in the entire world is cheesecake. Right? Like, listen, okay. I love cheesecake. Listen, give me pineapple upside down cheesecake, Oreo cheesecake, tuxedo cheesecake, red velvet cheesecake, <laughs> birthday cheesecake, cinnamon bud cheesecake. Don't matter. Just give me some cheesecake. I love it. But I realized that the only way that I can have a craving for it is because I've experienced it before. Mm. So remember what I just said. I had already been exposed. Yeah. Even though I was not living that life, I had been exposed, i.e. I had gotten a taste. I had gotten an appetizer of what life could look like. And so the desire for me to create the life that I'm living right now, it was instilled in me as a child. Listen, my, my grandmother, she lives in a part of Cleveland, Ohio. It's called Lakewood. Well, she used to live there, rest her soul. And uh, I would go there and visit with her from the age of basically two. No, when, when did she move there? From about six to 16. And every time I would go visit her, uh, I would have to drive through this neighborhood. And it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood, right? Everybody had a gate to their, to their home. And they had long driveways that led out to their beautiful million dollar homes. And every single home was on the lake. So the back of their home showed them water, right? And my grandmother, she lived in a condominium on the ninth floor. So it was one of the most prestigious neighborhoods in Cleveland, right? And so every time I'm there, I'm experiencing abundance. Now, I didn't understand it back then. I, I know exactly what was happening now. My belief system was being imprinted. So unconsciously, I was getting used to abundance. So no matter what my life looked like at certain times, I still had a program that was downloaded in me to say, you know what? 
you're not going to stay here. You may be here right now, but but this is uncomfortable for you. I, I heard one time that Floyd Mayweather, his accountant, his accountant said that Floyd is one of the most difficult people to work with. Now, some people are going to ask why. And he said with a straight face, he said, there is not one year that goes by that he does not expect. Somebody say the word expect. That he does not expect to bring in a billion dollars. Expect. Which means his comfort zone. He's uncomfortable if he brings in a million dollars. He's uncomfortable if he brings in a hundred million. Like his, his standard is a billion. Think about that. Oh. Right, right. Like we don't get what we want out of life. Matter of fact, we get what our standards are. And the only reason that our life may be stuck, the reason why we may have hit a ceiling is because we have not increased our standard. So even after I decided, my friend, well, there was still another level I had to go through. And usually to do that, most people avoid the very thing that is the only thing that will lead them to the new life. Uh, and that word is change. So I'll let... I can keep going, but I'm going I'm to let you get your questions. I know you got a list of questions and everything, but yes, nah, deciding. Nah, that, I definitely appreciate that. So, you know, um, you mentioned in this journey, entrepreneurship journey, the first thing was exposure. You know, from exposure was now you have the desire, you know, desire to this. So now from there, I want to understand, you know, once you have this exposure desire, you know, I feel like it's important for you to have faith, you know, faith that this can happen. But you said a lot of people say they want these different things, but I would say they're not hungry enough to get it. You know, they don't, they're not as faithful, you know, something happens, you know, along the way and they just quit. So my question is, you know, how has your faith in God, you know, and you being a Christian and believer, you know, help you, you know, having that exposure and that desire to want better for yourself. How does that help you in this journey so far? Man, it's so good. Such a good question. Um, so I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, right? I'm not a Jehovah's Witness now, but that's how I grew up. So my mother um, was a Jehovah's Witness, and she still is. Um, but I share that because if anybody knows anything about that religious background, they know that you are in church eight days a week, 25 hours a day, right? Like, I remember growing up, and every single time I came home, I had to read something that was a publication from... Uh, the Kingdom Hall, basically, right? And, and I would have to read about God's word. And I remember I used to know every scripture of the Bible, not every scripture, every book of the Bible. I knew it front to back. Uh, I knew different scriptures. Like the word has been instilled in me since I was born. But what I found to be very, very interesting is God is, a, is not a God of lack in any means, like at all. And so what I started to wonder after a while was, man, like, my mother can pray the heavens down, but why are we still living in lack? Like, like if I know the word so well and my income or my lifestyle is contingent on my relationship with the creator, like, listen, I, I know him, right? But why isn't my, my life showing evidence of that? Like, why, why are we still, still needing money? Like, why do you still have to work three different jobs? Why do we still have to miss certain things? Why do we still have to save up money? Like, I thought he said we are the head and not the tail. I thought he said we are above and not beneath. I thought he said that we were already abundant. Like, what's going on? And here's what I realized. 
I realized for a vast majority of people, they believe in God, but they do not necessarily believe him. Mm. And what I mean by that is, listen, if you know the scriptures, the true definition of knowing would be in your being it. Like I can, listen, I, I can claim I know all the plays to become wealthy, right? Like I, I love one of my good friends. He's a financial advisor. And he said one day, he was like, what's crazy about financial advisors is the average income for a financial advisor is $40,000 a year. Oh. So wait a minute. So you mean to tell me you got your insurance license, you got your securities licenses, and you're supposed to be handling my wealth, but you're not wealthy? Oh, that means you know it, but you don't really know it. And so what I started to say is, okay, if I'm using these words like faith, like belief, like relationship, right? I believe in relationship over religion. Like if I'm using these things, then my life needs to show evidence of that. And so I started to study. One of my first mentors, he told me, he said, Damon, I want you to learn anything and everything you can about believing. And so I started to study believing. And then I ran across a pastor by the name of Ivy Hilliard, who talks about belief. And Creflo Dollar, who talks about belief. And T.D. Jakes. And I started to read the word for myself. And I started to learn a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I started to establish a relationship for myself. And what I learned is two things. Belief and faith are vastly different in how they're cultivated and grown. Okay, I want to say that again. Belief and faith are vastly different in how they're cultivated and grown. Now, they said that faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen, right? Yeah. What I find to be very, very interesting is the word also says that the only thing that pleases God is faith. But they also said that faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So that means in order for me to grow my faith in anything, there's something that I need to be hearing. So watch this. I'm here to tell you that there's nobody lacking in faith. Right? Check it out. Nobody's lacking in faith. The question is, what do you have faith in? Because you can have faith in your current results, but you can have faith for what God promises as well. Like, it takes me just as much energy to have faith that's also fear as it would faith for abundance. Faith for scarcity, lack and limitation, as it would for abundance. Does that make sense? Now, belief, no, sense. belief, on the other hand, belief doesn't come by hearing. No, 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 no. But belief doesn't come by hearing. What do you think belief comes by? I see it. 100%. I love the story that he, that the uh, the word gives of Abraham, whose name was Abram, right? And and his wife's name was Sarai before it got changed, right? And, and I thought it's so interesting how it states in there, like, like I just want you to picture this for, for one second, right? I think the man, what, wasn't he like 90-something years old? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm not a theologian, so I'm not up here trying to be a pastor or anything, right? Like, I, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not my thing right now. I don't know what God yeah. has for me, but it is what it is. And, and I'm thinking in my mind, like, okay, this guy is 90-something. His wife is 90-something. And, and, and God tells him that he's going to be a father of many nations. 
Yeah. First of all, like I'm a grown man, so I know what it takes, right, to be a father. Let, let's let's just put it like that, right? And, and I'm thinking in my mind, there's no way that they've even done that activity for about 50 or 60 years. Like, like, <laughs> right? so, so can you imagine April? Abram was probably like, not today. <laughs> right? And, and, and so and so what I thought was interesting is what he did first was helped him instill faith in his word. How did he do that? Because he changed his name. He changed his name to Abraham and her name was Sarah. Why? Because now every time somebody said their name, they were reaffirming the promise that God had already told them. Right? Yeah. When he did that, okay, now I'm instilling faith, but maybe maybe you don't believe. And I, and I know that he didn't believe yet because the scripture ended up saying something. And I'm, I'm going to tell you in a second. So what he did is he took him out to a field, right? And he had him look up at the stars. And he said, I want you to picture, in other words, visualize a child's face on every star. Now, here's what the scripture says. Once he did that, it says, then he believed. So in other words, both parts are extremely important. And the same system that was used back then to create faith and the same system that was used to create belief, we can use now. 